You are listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD, available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Tonight's episode on ADHD is about rejection-sensitive dysphoria, or RSD. This is an extreme emotional sensitivity and pain triggered by the perception that a person has been rejected or criticized by important people in their life. It may also be triggered by a sense of falling short, failing to meet their own high standards or others' expectations. Dysphoria is Greek for difficult to bear. It's not that people with attention deficit disorder, ADHD, are wimps or weak. It's that the emotional response hurts them much more than it does people without the condition. No one likes to be rejected, criticized, or fail. For people with RSD, these universal life experiences are much more severe than neurotypical individuals. They are unbearable, restricting, and highly impairing. Okay. So, RSD is something that is very incredibly difficult for people who do have RSD and, of course, are ADHD. Let's just say that no matter what happens, you're always, like, anything, that even the littlest thing, for example having to tell someone that you need to go home because it's, you know, a late night and you have to work in the morning. If you do not want to disappoint or potentially upset somebody, even if a normal, you know, neurotypical person is going to go, oh yeah, that's fine. Of course, I understand. You got to work tomorrow. Okay, well, have a good night. You're going to believe that it is going to get a very unpleasant response from that person like they're gonna be angry at you and say something like oh you're stupid why you you know don't be a wimp you can stay out longer come on it's not gonna hurt and then they you know think that you're they're they're gonna insult you or or hate you or even at worst say that they don't want to be your friend anymore so the feeling of that basically stops you from saying something so simple as i have to go home it's late i have to work in the morning There are numerous examples of other things that can occur for RSD. And let's just say that the feelings that it is so intense that you can't wait, you need to do something now, but at the same time, you're so scared of being rejected that it literally makes you freeze and you can't do anything. You can't speak, you're not able to think clearly, you make weird noises, you can totally be quiet and it might even make you like get to the point where you could stop what you're doing right in the middle of it and cause physical harm to yourself or possibly others when this emotional response is internalized 
and it often is for people with RSD. It can imitate a full major mood, mood disorder complete with suicidal ideation. The sudden change from feeling perfectly fine to feeling intensely sad that results from RSD is often misdiagnosed as rapid cycling mood disorder. It can take a long time for physicians to recognize that these symptoms are caused by the sudden emotional changes associated with ADHD and rejection sensitivity, while all other aspects of relating to others seem typical. RSD is, in fact, a common ADHD symptom, particularly in adults. When this emotional response is externalized, it looks like an impressive instantaneous rage at the person or situation responsible for causing the pain. RSD can make adults with ADHD anticipate rejection, even when it is anything but certain. This can make them vigilant about avoiding it, which can be misdiagnosed as social phobia. Social phobia is an intense anticipatory fear that you will embarrass or humiliate yourself in public or that you will be scrutinized harshly by the outside world. All right. Well, they were, this is about basically having it so intense and like, so like, like it, it just makes you go crazy. And I had a, an issue a couple nights ago because of RSD. Although I do believe that based on evidence that RSD also can come from CPTSD. So it is diff it is extremely important to make sure that you are accurately diagnosed because if you think that this is a neurological issue, which RSD is a neurological problem that occurs, the only way to really handle it and to fix it is through medication. But if it is something that only occurs in a particular situation, like in a relationship or at work or going out to have fun. Okay, so when this emotional response is externalized, it looks like an impressive instantaneous rage at the person or situation responsible for causing the pain. RSD can make adults with ADHD anticipate rejection. So, yeah, see, the whole thing is you get to the point where even if you're in a situation or you're, like, doing something that is perfectly normal and there's no chance, like, the neuro, the neurotypical is sees and, and realizes that there's, like, it's a calm moment there's nothing no intensity there's no anger there's no possibility of of being upset or even like it doesn't necessarily have to be to that point if you if you are feeling that you can't do anything like you can't if you sit literally for an hour or hours on end not taking care of anything or not doing anything because of the fact that you are so scared that even saying the simplest thing like hello to let's say a good looking woman or if for the for the women out there you know attractive man you, you want to to say hello and get to know them but it literally gets in your way and you totally freeze up and you can't even say the right words or you just altogether just 
prevent, you know, you stop yourself from ever doing it. The lot of the, like, when, with the ADHD, the fact that, you know, we have a hard time with the focusing and we have a hard time being or controlling our impulse, the RSD definitely feeds off of that. But at the same time, like ADHD, it, you feel powerless because the fact that you're so worried about every little thing, even like with anybody, like you can't really do what you're, you're trying to do. Like, and it, and the strange thing is, is it can be the most ridiculous thing. Now I know to the average person who does have RSD it isn't necessarily ridiculous. It is serious and it's very painful and difficult to overcome it. And you feel a lot of fear and a lot of pain and you feel so much frustration and stress, not to mention high levels of anxiety because the just the idea of it, of doing something like going to a new like an interview for a job that is you know is probably going to work out for you and you have good you you know you have a really good chance of getting that job and being successful you're so scared of that possibility even if it is if it is a small possibility you're scared of getting told no you're not good enough for this job we're sorry we can we can't hire you and so it gets in the way of having a even a good interview and there's no means you know logically and realistically to have this fear and that extreme anxiety but it is re- it is reality for people who have RSD and ADHD is it's the tiniest thing right it's it's a it's so insignificant to the rest of to the rest of us and to neurotypicals and those who don't have RSD, that this is this is normal. Rejection in life is a normal thing. Everybody goes through it. Everybody deals with it in their own way. But the fact that the intensity for someone who has RSD is so extreme and so painful that you can literally have physical problems in the moment. Like you could you could pass out because you're hyperventilating hyperventilating you could feel like pain in your in your chest you could feel like like extreme anxiousness to the point where you might say something ridiculous or totally not you know like off the wall or the opposite of what you're thinking it is definitely something that will will occur and it would occur often because the only, you know, there's really no way that you can step in at that moment and and say to yourself and reason with yourself about it, saying this is going to be okay. You're going to do fine. Sure, a little bit of nerves is, is normal. It's to be expected. There's a, a saying out there where if you're not nervous, then there's something wrong with you. Now... That may seem to sound unfair to someone who has ADHD and deals with RSD, but honestly, a little bit of nerves is definitely not a problem, and it is a very normal thing in life. 
I guess we just need to, like our problem is that our brains don't have the ability to rationalize out the fear and be able to think and say to yourself in your mind that this is okay. You're going to get through it. You're going to do, you know, you're going to be all right. You just, it's something that we can't do because it's so extreme and it's so strong and because it is a neurological issue in the in our minds and in the, in the brain, it makes it extremely difficult to just do anything that could have that is has any possibility of being rejected, and it isn't. It's it's a pain in the butt to be honest, and it makes you resist because you know like here's here's a here's a good example that I have. I got into an argument and I was talking to my girlfriend about, I can't remember the exact item or the thing that we were talking about, but I was asked to leave the room because I was blended. And in my brain, I was thinking I want to leave and I do want to do as she says and respect her wishes, but I was so scared of doing something or anything like moving or getting up that I was feeling this intense anxiety and resistance. I just couldn't go. And it was because I was afraid of like upsetting her despite the fact that her wishes was to have me leave the room and the opposite was occurring. The fact that I didn't leave was making her more upset. So there's a lot of irony and really difficult things to understand with this so it's one of those things that you do have to practice like there are there are behavior therapy methods that you can use to help you know coax you down make the fear and the rejection a lot less and you know instead of it being so intense and so extreme in your mind it will eventually feel way less of, of an extreme feeling and you'll be a lot better and it it but it's a slow thing and the medication that you can be on will definitely help okay guys i'm going to take a quick break uh when i get back we'll continue on with this episode all right okay talk to you soon bye Okay, and we're back. This is Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today's episode, we are talking about rejection-sensitive dysphoria, or RISD, when it comes to ADHD. All right, let's continue on with the episode now. Rejection sensitivity is hard to tease apart. Often, people can't find the words to describe its pain. They say it's intense, awful, terrible, overwhelming. It is always triggered by the perceived or real loss of approval, love, or respect. People with ADHD cope with this huge emotional elephant in two main ways, which are not mutually exclusive. One, they become people pleasers. They scan every person they meet to figure out what that person admires and praises. Then they present that false self to others. Often this becomes such a dominating goal that they forget what they actually wanted from their own lives. 
They are too busy making sure other people aren't displeased with them. Two, they stop trying. If there is the slightest possibility that a person might try something new and fail or fall short in front of anyone else, it becomes too painful or too risky to make the effort. These bright, capable people avoid any activities that are anxiety-provoking and end up giving up things like dating, applying for jobs, or speaking up in public, both socially and professionally. Some people use the pain of RSD to find adaptations and overachieve. They constantly work to be the best at what they can do and strive for idealized perfection. Sometimes they are driven to be above reproach. They lead admirable lives, but at what cost? How do I get over RSD? Rejection sensitivity is part of ADHD. It's neurologic and genetic. Early childhood trauma makes anything worse, but it does not cause RSD. Often, patients are comforted just to know that there is a name for this feeling. It makes a difference knowing what it is, that they are not alone, and that almost 100% of people with ADHD experience rejection sensitivity. After hearing this diagnosis, they're relieved to know it's not their fault and that they are not damaged. Psychotherapy does not particularly help patients with RSD because the emotions hit suddenly and completely overwhelm the mind and senses. It takes a while for someone with RSD to get back on his feet after an episode. Okay, so yeah, like this thing, we're pretty much born with it if you do have it. Um, Like I said, it is genetic and it is a neurological disorder and we all like i think it's like well he said 100 percent, right so it's nearly 100 percent of people who have adhd do experience rejection sensitivity and it's off it's if you think about it it makes a lot of sense because we are making a lot of unusual decisions Uh, we do things that are not what you would call neurotypical it can definitely make people, especially those who aren't very compassionate or, you know, just incapable of being understanding, it does make them end up being hurtful and mean and saying things that are definitely, you know, like that can definitely cause you to feel pain and sorrow and hurt. And if you do experience this on a regular basis, because of your ADHD, then you do have this heightened fear of rejection. And so you get super sensitive about it. Now, not everybody who has ADHD feels it in the same way, of course. Some people feel it way more when it comes to like very intimate situations. Like I can, you can imagine that attempting to have sex with a partner is extremely difficult, if not impossible, because they're so worried about doing things right and pleasing their partner and making sure that they don't mess up. Just the thought of performing sex is too much and they can't even get to the beginning. And I definitely have had that issue for a long time. I used to be pretty confident in my abilities And then when I started dating my girlfriend, I suddenly developed this extreme fear of performance failure 
not in you know like in a physical way but in a mental way because every time that things wouldn't go perfect i would get over sensitive and and get very like scared of it right and it get to the it got to the point where i literally can't even think about the idea of starting or trying or initiating any sort of foreplay because i'm so scared that i'm going to mess up and that she's going to get angry that I just don't bother. And to be honest, I really, there haven't been many opportunities where I've tried. And I think so much and I, and I overthink the situation that it really causes me to just do weird things and not be a neurotypical or normal acting in bed or in any intimate moment. It's really frustrating and it does cause a lot of anger and, well, stress in our relationship because of the fact that we are having a such difficult time with intimate relations and we do believe that we can that I can get better that this can be overcome mainly because we are certain that this is not necessarily a neurological thing that this is a child part in CPTSD that is a lot has a lot to do with this so it's difficult to get into it and try but it doesn't it's it doesn't necessarily freeze me it just feels like the idea of it in my head doesn't even exist it's pretty tough you know one of those things that i'm sure many of us especially those with RSD deal with all the time. And they probably have lost a lot of relationships because of it, because the person they are with is not very understanding and thinks that they're just really crappy at sex and being intimate with their partners. Okay. Oh, there are two possible medica medication solutions for RSD. The simplest Solution is to prescribe an alpha against, uh, sorry, an alpha agonist like guanfacine or clonidine. These were originally designed as blood pressure medications. The optimal dose varies from half a milligram to up to seven milligrams for guanfacine and from a tenth of a milligram to five tenths of a milligram for clonidine. Within that dosage range, about one in three people feel relief from RSD. When that happens, the change is life-altering. Sometimes this treatment can make an even greater impact than a stimulant does to treat ADHD, although the stimulant can be just as effective for some people. These two medications seem to work equally well, but for different groups of people. If the first medication does not work, it should be stopped, and the other one tried. They should not be used at the same time, just one or the other. The second treatment is prescribing monoamine oxidase inhibitors, MAOI. Sorry if I got that first word wrong. Off-label. This has traditionally been the treatment of choice for RSD among experienced clinici clinicians. It can be dramatically effective for both the attentive impulsivity component of, of ADHD and the emotional component. Parnate trans... Tranexpromine, I don't know that word. It sounds like tranexpromine often works best with the fewest side effects. 
Common side effects are low blood pressure, agitation, sedation, and confusion. MAOIs were found to be as effective for ADHD as methylphenidate in one head-to-head -head trial conducted in the 1960s. They also produce very few side effects with true once-a-day dosing, are not a controlled substance, no abuse potential, come in inexpensive, high-quality generic versions, and are FDA-approved for both mood and anxiety disorders. The disadvantage is that patients must avoid foods that are aged instead of cooked, as well as first-line ADHD stimulant medications, all antidepressant medications, OTC cold, sinus, and hay fever medications, OTC cough remedies, some forms of anesthesia can't be administered. Well, well, that's that's not so good, but that is not exactly going to be a common thing, obviously, for someone who who is dealing with this and taking these medications. Okay, so RSD can definitely be crippling because we are trying to live life healthy and as normal as we can. Now, not everybody obviously is normal. Um, there is no definition as to what normal is. But if we are not able to have the like means and the strengths to deal with rejection, it can make life extremely difficult. And a lot of times, if you know, if we're just not able to take care of it, or we have no means of getting diagnosed, and then getting medication, it could very well end up leading us to just being alone, miserable, never really going out, because our rejection can definitely can, can literally affect everything in life, going to a movie theater, uh, you could possibly bump into somebody and you'd be so scared that that person's going to get angry at you because you accidentally bumped into them that you think they're going to be that, that you did it on purpose and they're going to get super angry and you're going to freeze up and well, anything's possible and you could literally make you don't want to make yourself look foolish or stupid or weird uh, in front of a bunch of strangers. Uh, or if you've got a friend with you, you don't want to make yourself look like that in front of your friend. So you end up being someone who just stays at home because it's the easiest way to avoid possibly doing something that could cause people to laugh at you or reject you or think you're a, a bad person or dumb or you know, like not intelligent or something that's really, really wrong with you. And of course, the reality is that there is something wrong with us. It's that we have a neurological condition that makes rejection super sensitive and very painful for us. It's not exactly something that we want, of course, but there are ways of helping us get past and getting through the pain and the, and the, the extreme issues that this can deal us on a daily basis. Even if you have the most amazing, caring, compassionate, sensitive girlfriend or wife or husband on the planet in your mind, that is not going to stop you from feeling and experiencing RSD. You like because it's neurological, you really don't have a lot of control over it. 
you can do um, like behavior therapy, cognitive behavior therapy to try and help make the symptoms and the end result of the RSD a lot easier and better and easier to handle on a daily basis. But the only way you can really work on making any sort of relief from it is through medication. And as I was saying earlier in the episode, that is, there are a few options that you can do. The only downfall is that it will unfortunately take a long time to get any sort of meaningful diagnosis because there's no simple way of just, you know, reading someone for half an hour and, and observing their behaviors and going, oh, yeah, they've got RSD. Okay, give them this medication. All right, have a nice day. Be on your way. doesn't work like that. It does take time. Heck, being diagnosed with ADHD takes some time too. It's not like you're going to get a call the next day from a specialist to say, come on in, let's get it done. So having the professional properly diagnose you with RSD on top of your ADHD is going to take some time and you just need to learn some really good coping methods and non-medical ways of making RSD feel easier to handle. None of these things that I'm going to recommend or suggest as far as coping methods are going to be a 100% fix or the fix. It is something that can help you if you are hardworking and you really feel like you you want something to help. A lot of breathing helps, slow breathing, uh, meditation, taking pauses in your conversations, having better ability to think about what's happening, to be able to self like reason with yourself. If you do have a close friend who you trust and you feel comfortable around, you can always get information and advice from them and they can help you do role playing where you can like in a way so you could desensitize yourself to certain situations and allow your allow this RSD to be less of a burden on you and your system and then you might have a, little, a lot more success out there whether it's dating finding a job interacting with strangers you know things like that it can definitely be helpful so yeah let's you know go about that and see what happens okay so that's today's episode. It wasn't exactly a long one, but it was to the point and I wanted to make it short for people who obviously have a difficult time focusing on listening to something for a lengthy period of time. Uh, if you are on Twitter, take a look at Dr. Glenn Doyle. He is in Twitter and he's a really good psychologist in Chicago, Illinois. I definitely recommend following him and looking at his blog and his website. And he does have a podcast. Uh, My website is www.livingwithadhdandcptsd.ca. I am on Twitter. My handle is ADHDNCPTSD. And of course, there are all sorts of um, resources out there that you can look up and check out. I have mentioned him before, Dr. Russell Barkley is a real excellent psychologist and he has many different videos on ADHD, 
on YouTube that you can watch and they're very informative and he is really someone that a lot of people with ADHD say is easy to listen to and has a real good um, calming voice for those who find it difficult to listen. Okay, everybody. Join me tomorrow for an episode on CPTSD. So until then, have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.